0: Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Harditz, and today, people, it is DFS Christmas. Week 17, all your season-long leagues are over. If they're not, what are you doing? What what are you trying to prove? Who are you trying to impress? We are talking all things DFS on this edition of the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Remember, when we do talk all things DFS, that means one injury, one piece of news can change the entire slate, but we're going to do our best to prepare you for that. Anyway, recording this on New Year's Eve at about 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern time, my guest joining me is Lucky enough to be living on the west coast truly if you are in this industry you should be on the best coast i'm looking to correct that mistake myself at some point but without further ado i am welcoming on tj hernandez he is a director of dfs at 444 football also co-host of the dfs mvp podcast truly one of the sharper guys in the industry tj
1: happy week 17 man what's right, up, buddy? Uh, I'm, I'm closing out the year with you. I think you're the last person I saw outside of San Diego this year because uh, FSGA was right before the old uh, lockdown, so... Man, how you doing?
0: Doing good, man. I was yeah, it was fun meeting you guys uh, in Vegas. I remember being all around and you know hanging out with everyone, doing good. And I had that, you know, you have that one shot where you just know, all right, I got about twenty minutes, and then maybe you know I'm not going to know quite how things are going anymore. So back the way, but that was fun meeting you and the entire four for four oh, crew. <laughs> how it goes sometimes truly everyone if you have not checked yeah. out 4 for 4 football one of the first websites to give me a start uh you know they've been just truly you know dfs just season long projections all sorts of sharp guys you guys it's so cool because i feel like a lot of these companies you know pff included a lot of guys coming in and out i mean i feel like you and the core guys of four for four you've all been there for so long
1: yeah man i mean we've had we've had a really good um core but i mean damn we've had some awesome talent that's came through there that's left too we've had you bales raybon uh holka uh yeah man it's uh, it's been good i mean being a spot that just like pff just focuses on football i think it uh it sets up uh f- to just have people for the long run so it's been it's been fun over there man
0: yeah these other sites wasting their time on different beta sports guys, can't believe doing? it can't believe it all right everyone as you uh as you know this edition of the podcast usually just go through 10 questions these are all dfs centric uh for the most part we'll have some fun al- along the way as well but without further ado we will get things started tj motivation big factor every week 17 as it stands the only confirmed news we have right now the chiefs will be turned to chad Henne over patrick Mahomes. the steelers are going with Basin rudolph ahead of ben Roethlisberger. Then we have the bills maybe the buccaneers could also be resting some starters at least for a portion of the game are there any dfs plays from the four teams, Chiefs, Steelers, Bills, and Buccaneers, that interest you this week?
1: Yeah, I mean, not necessarily um, from the Chiefs or Steelers. I mean, like you said, they only mentioned the quarterbacks, but you have to think that if they're resting the quarterbacks, then they'll probably look for some spots to rest their main starters across the board. So actually like the passing games that are playing against those two teams. So on the Chargers side, uh, we got Keenan Allen out. We're going to have a lot of value. Like the Chiefs have just been a good team to stack against when they're playing at full strength. Um, They've been playing in a lot of close games. They've given up 300 passing yards in four of their last eight games, multiple touchdowns in every game in the second half of the season. So we saw Mike Williams uh, get a 30% target share with Keenan Allen out last week. Um, I know a lot of people might be looking to the tight end position this week, but I really like stacking Herbert with Mike Williams at five. K with that big target share. And then we have the Browns going against the Steelers. Um, who, I mean, who knows how many backups are going to be playing, but like I said, could be, uh, could be all across the board with them kind of just saying that they want to rest. So we saw the Browns last week, uh, just implode against the jets. I mean, obviously they didn't have any of their wide receivers, but then they went out and threw it a hundred times without any wide receivers, which made no sense. But I mean, leading up to that game, uh, Baker was top five in uh, fantasy efficiency, looking at fantasy points per pass attempt. We have him priced at 5,500 Jarvis. Big targets here, like around 29% since uh, Odell has been out uh, him and Higgins, both really high and expect a touchdown. That's a, a metric that we have in four for four that just looks at where the, um, where the ball is being thrown uh, in relation to the end zone and Jarvis and Higgins have both been up there. So I, I like targeting them together in stacks um, In the other games. I mean, again, there's just so much risk with, with what the bills are going to do. They've been the one team that's just been kind of coy, like, Oh, maybe we'll arrest. We're not sure yet. Um, like, playing with like them and and the Steelers are going to be locked into that two or three seed with no buy for the two seed I mean there's not crazy incentive to get that there Uh, so I like Gaskin on the other side of it 19 touches last week against the Raiders over 21 touches in the last five games that he's been active Um, so yeah I mean to answer your question like not targeting like backups on that side I like the starters on the other teams that are playing against them and with the Browns and the Dolphins, we have teams that need to win to get in some more incentive there. Um, Buccaneers are interesting. I mean, they're one of the teams that they don't necessarily need to win except for seeding, but they can lock in a game against the NFC East champion. So that's that's incentive enough for them, I think, to play their starters against the Falcons. So I think that's just a good game to stack on both sides.
0: Yeah, the only question I have with the Buccaneers is Arians was actively force-feeding Evans in the second half, and even said mm-hmm. afterwards they wanted to get him to 1,000 so they could rest him. He's been playing banged up all year, so it wouldn't yeah. make sense if that was just, you know, for Evans and everyone else to be sure. playing. But, you know, Bruce Arians, all freaking year, we just know we can't really trust too much ever. what he's saying. Yeah, ever. Man. ever. Uh, love what you said about the Chargers. I think Justin heard- Robert Mike Williams, and with Hunter Henry on COVID, we have Donald Parham sitting down there at 2,900 on DraftKings, fresh off coming off that 80% plus uh, snapper. So he's a full time guy. So we have a question later about some galaxy brain thoughts, but I want to just throw one out here for you because it relates to these teams. Deontay Johnson, man, he's priced with bed 6,700. Obviously, that's too expensive, but we're not going to see him with this low of ownership again. Hey, he, even Mason Rudolph, like they had some success last year. We know he's going to be a target hog. Are you at all interested in him in tournaments? Or are you just concerned that he could be one of the guys that plays a quarter and then sits on the bench
1: i mean i i think any of their primary guys their their big three wide receivers um we don't really know uh i mean there's definitely the concern i i, I don't think i'm going to be stacking the Steelers side of it uh like you said if you agree with me and you like the browns side uh i think you probably want to throw some darts in bringing back Uh, like a Deontay, especially on DraftKings because of the full PPR. Um, So, yeah, I I think the only spot I would use him is in bringbacks with the Browns. Like, I just don't think I'll be stacking Mason Rudolph lineups. I think we have other cheap quarterbacks that are worth stacking um, in spots where they actually need to be winning.
0: I'm going to have one lineup with Deontay Johnson. And I don't think I'm going to have two, but I'm going to have one. We'll see how it works out. All right, question number two. One of the more interesting situations on this slate is the Rams offense. We've got John Wolford looking like a potential dual threat uh, talent just based on what we've seen in his college pass, preseason, even the AAF action, near mid-price option. We also got Malcolm Brown shaping up to be one of the chalkier RBs with Daryl Henderson on IR, Cam Akers you know, recovering from his high ankle sprain. Are you buying either as someone you're actively looking in to, get, to get in the lineups this week, cash roll tournament?
1: Uh yeah, I actually have th- this game's probably one of the hardest ones to figure out. It just has I think it has the widest range of outcomes of any game because of all of the backups that are playing um for the Rams. I thought that when everybody was injured, that the Cardinals were gonna be favored by like ten points. Yeah, <laughs> they're only favored by three and a half, which is crazy. Uh, that's really surprising. The over unders only at forty point five, so not a lot of expectation for scoring. But I will say that because of that wide range of expectations, it does really set up like that's what we're looking for in tournaments, right? We're looking for a wide range of expectations, unknown. But what I will say is if we end up seeing heavy ownership coming in on Walford, um, on Malcolm Brown, uh, to a lesser extent on guys like Josh Reynolds and Robert Woods, it all of a sudden makes a really interesting spot to leverage the most dynamic fantasy quarterback this year. I mean, he's number one or or number two, depending on the point system, you look at fantasy points per game. We've seen him have crazy ceiling games. You could justify rolling out like a naked Kyler tournament with, with LA's good secondary. Um, And again, that's just kind of contingent on how much we think that those Rams are going to be owned. On the cash game side of it, I will say if you are targeting Wolford or Brown or both and maybe even Reynolds in there, I think you need to be doing so with the idea that you're jamming in Henry... Devonte maybe both. Like if you're going to pay all the way down for those, like it has to be a really good reason. It just doesn't make sense to with guys like Aaron Rodgers and Lamar on the slate that are, are going to be playing for seeding or or for a playoff spot, for a one seed, um with the upside they have, if you're going to forego that upside, it has to be to get to those big big names. Like it just doesn't make sense to roll out a Wolford and then just have a balanced lineup. You're just losing so much upside even in cash. Um, So, yes, I I think they're fine. But, again, I I think you have to be jamming Henry and Devontae together if you're playing him.
0: Yeah, I think that's a a very good point. And, yeah, to, uh, you know, Sean McVay's credit, I don't think anyone's doubting him as just being, you know, a genius play caller. But he has faced the Cardinals, uh, let's see, seven times, and the Rams have scored 33, 32, 34, 31, 34, 31, most recently 38 points. This does make sense as a spot where McVay could get the most out of Walford and, of course, Malcolm Brown. So, If Cam Akers is active, would you still guess Malcolm Brown will be the lead dog? I mean, we don't, it's hard to tell with the injuries, man, but a high ankle sprain two weeks ago, like that's tough.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, if he's active, I'm probably fading this backfield altogether. Yeah, I mean, there, there's already concerns like with a mobile quarterback that he's going to steal uh, some of the, the touchdowns. I mean, all you have to do is look across uh, the ball to, yeah. to have the example of that. So many times Keenan Drake has had 20 touches and just no fantasy production because Kyler takes those rushing touchdowns. I mean, you can look at the flip side of it and say a rushing quarterback opens up those lanes. But um, if you aren't if we aren't getting like a clear RB one on on the Rams with uh can makers out. I think I'm, I'm more just going Walford and then maybe stacking with one pass catcher. Um, but again, I, I really like the Cardinal side just from a straight leverage perspective. If we see like on those cheap, these $5,000 quarterbacks that starts catching hype from people like us, we've seen them like reach 20% ownership, which is crazy high for a quarterback. So if he's going to be 20%, we can get Kyler at 7%. I mean, that's a crazy opportunity.
0: Good stuff. All right, so speaking of Brown, we got several running backs priced at 4,500 or lower on DraftKings that, you know, should function as their offensive lead back. I'm sure they're going to be having uh, you know some heightened ownership come Sunday. We got Ty Johnson with Frank Gore and LaMichael L- Ryan sideline. Dari Ogumbawale with James Robinson out again. Potentially Mike Boone if Alexander Madison joins Dalvin Cook on the bench. Let's assume Acres is acres out, Madison's out. How would you rank Brown, Boone, Johnson, and Dari just in terms of raw, raw projections, not even considering ownership?
1: I hate this question so much. Because <laughs> <laughs> this is such a tough spot. Um, I, I'm going to go ahead and put Malcolm Brown at the top there. I mean, again, if Akers is out, we've seen, we've seen Akers um, or a running back have a lot of upside in this offense. Again, I, I know we, we just said that Walford can steal some of that upside, but it's still just um, such a good spot for a running back that couldn't be getting uh, 20 touches. After that, it gets pretty hairy. I'm actually going to put Ty Johnson ahead of Boone I think a lot of people would automatically say Boone there but we've seen Ty Johnson do really well when he had. he's only had one spot to really get volume but he went over 100 yards against the Raiders Um, I, I think just comparing him to Boone The Vikings, we've seen them do some crazy stuff with Amir Abdullah. He can steal some goal line carries, and it just sets up for a game, a a Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, um, Irv Smith game. We saw Detroit just get destroyed by Tampa Bay through the air, and I just really like Minnesota's passing game. I know they are one of the most run-heavy teams in the league, but if their top two backs are out, why not just lean on the strength um, of your team and the weakness? I mean, I, I know Detroit's weakness is everywhere, but just that the, those players Thielen uh, Smith and, and Jefferson just suggest that they really go pass heavy. Um, and then Darre, I mean, 14 point underdogs. I know he saw 71 yards on, on 14 carries last week and got three more catches, but um, I mean, they can just get, get boat raced in, in that game there. So, you know, if that, Vegas line proves true and they end up down uh, in double digits, then he's probably not going to get towards those 20 touches that we would like to see. So I'd say Brown, Johnson, Boone, and then Dari.
0: Yeah, I agree. Dari should be down there at the end. The Boone one is tough because it is a great matchup. But to your point, it's a great matchup everywhere. So I would just say, you know, you were talking before about potentially leveraging off of Walford. If we if we see Madison out and Boone all of a yeah. sudden has this really heightened ownership, go get those pass catchers. I was
1: going to say, you mentioned the Galaxy Brain. We've already <laughs> met there twice. I mean, is Amir of the super Galaxy Brain? Oh, no. not, that's not what I'm to say, but, but I mean, <laughs> is he the one? Is he the one that just, we realized like, oh man, this is the week 17 of all week 17s?
0: if he can make the most out of 10 to 12 touches man he really could be there maybe get a punt return score or something yeah. too. oh man we're starting to talk ourselves <laughs> into it oh no we gotta get out of here all right christian mccaffrey mike davis both sideline we now we're getting even more galaxy brain random rbs rodney smith and Trent can should see enhanced roles but come on the real winner here is curtis samuel already was seeing a bunch of backfield work anyway you know look i think we should be calling him at this point millennial percy harvin that's what he is dual threat RB wide receiver from an urban Meyer offense speed kills. Curtis Samuel has plenty of it. Are you confident enough in Samuel's role to lock him in the cash lineups? I believe he's only sitting there at 5,300.
1: Yeah. 5,300. I mean, we saw him get seven carries last week. You were the first one on this. You said this in, in preseason or week one, the, the real cmc replacement is curtis samuel that's right, right. You're the, first, that's you're right. the first one to say that um, i'm gonna hurt myself
0: pat my own back <laughs>
1: <Okay>. <laughs> no no i got you but uh yeah seven <laughs> carries last week um with mike davis out. i mean that if that goes up just a couple if he gets 10 carries with his receiving work we can get a wide receiver sub six thousand that could see 15 touches um i mean you just don't overthink it whether you go to the build that we talked about, uh, Wolford, and then jamming in Devontae and, um, and Henry. Uh, he actually, Curtis Samuel actually fits that build quite well. And then obviously a balance build, You I don't think you have to think about it too much. If you're going Devontae and Lamar, he fits there. Pretty much any build, he just really fits in nicely. Uh, and if you're getting some, even just a little bit running back work from a wide receiver, uh, it's, it's kind of a cheat code, I think.
0: Oh, yeah. Even before Mike Davis got ruled out. I mean, I think we could pretty much say the same things about Curtis Samuel. Now you take him out of the picture. Yeah. We could truly be looking at 10 plus rush attempts and you know, five to 10 targets. And we see the dual threat quarterbacks take over fantasy football. We see the running backs that can catch passes. Yeah. You know, there's only really bit. It's really at this point, Robert Woods and Curtis Samuel are the only wide receivers that consistently get the rushing production. But now it's not just going to be a carry or too. We could be looking at legit double digit carries. Do you think there's anything enough that, or so I think Robbie, Anderson didn't practice yesterday. Are you interested yeah. in maybe DJ Moore as a you know tournament option? Because we know he's got the big game upside, and he seems to own the Saints too.
1: No, definitely um, for for that reason. Like again, I with them down, kind of like we talked about Minnesota with them down uh, two running backs. We could just see a, a pass heavy um, game plan here. And again, like just going into these, I, I think you have to be very cognizant of all of these scenarios in terms of range of outcomes for Week Seventeen if the Packers are up by like 20 on the, uh, on the bears, then all of a sudden saints really don't have much to play for. Like what they're playing for right now is an outside shot at the one seed. Right. So if they scoreboard, look up at halftime and see that the the Packers are just smoking the bears, they might be like, all right, let's get some of our guys, some rest on both sides of the ball rest up for the playoffs. So, I mean, we have to be considering all those things. And if that happens, that plays into just better opportunity for the Panthers all around.
0: Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Ton of sub 4k wide receivers on DraftKings this week. That I think you can talk yourself into. I spent a couple hours in the afternoon yesterday, just dreaming of all the possibilities. We got Richie James with Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel sideline, Gabriel Davis, you know, even if Smokey Brown happens to return, I still think he's going to be pretty much starting with Cole Beasley banged up. We got Lemboden with all the injuries in the dolphins. Again, I can go on and on and on TJ talk to me about a sub 4k receiver. You feel the most confident in saving some salary with.
1: Uh, Gabriel Davis is probably my favorite, not just because of the injuries, but because if the the uh, Bills do decide to rest some guys up a little bit, then he – regardless of Josh Allen was playing or not, uh, he might just be the clear wide receiver one. I mean, just a couple of weeks ago at the end of the uh, week, we saw at the end of the game, I'm sorry, in a blowout, we saw Diggs kind of uh, nick his foot up a little bit. I, he's the one player, I think they obviously, besides Josh Allen, that they really don't want to risk um, on the offensive side of the ball. So that would put uh, Gabe Davis in a really clear wide receiver one role. Then just going back to the uh, Rams with Cooper Cup out, you have to look at Josh Reynolds at 3,200. I love him a lot. Uh, Cup's opening up about eight targets per game. Uh, This Arizona secondary is one that's been uh, pretty susceptible to wide receivers. Again, we don't know exactly how that uh, offense is going to shake out, but at 3,200, we've seen uh, Reynolds perform well before, even with cup active. So I like him a lot as well.
0: Yeah, I think Gabriel Davis is shaping up as the safest. If you need to save some salary in cash games, I think that does make sense. Len Bowden, I think having Fitzpatrick out actually helps him. But, you know, we're seeing Devontae Parker getting a limited practice on Wednesday. So if he's back, he'll probably end up being the featured guy. And Bowden, you know, just with those lower A dot type routes, I don't think we have the same sort of upsides. Yeah, Gabriel Davis, man, he's had a couple touchdowns nullified by penalty. I think he had yeah. a drop. Or no, he had, he had a touchdown last week that uh, I think they just like – there was like an offside call. Oh no! Oh, check called timeout.
1: Everyone kept. Playing. Yeah, yeah. On, on a perfect, perfect pump fake. I think it was on a third down, right, or a fourth down.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. For those that don't follow uh, TJ on Twitter at TJ Hernandez, uh, he's had the Stewie avatar for years before the season started. He officially uh, uh, claimed his stake in the top tier of the Josh Allen fan club by putting the Josh Allen Jersey on Stewie. I absolutely love how far <laughs> this bill's offense is coming. Gabriel Davis to his credit, not the biggest part of it, but has certainly been a part of it. All right. Question number six, tight ends without Travis Kelsey. We're looking pretty funky. We got Darren Waller and George Kittle at the top, you know, Kittle only six K I'm sure he'll be uh, fairly charged Hockey, but also have earth smith set up again well you mentioned it uh before you know no kyle rudolph again and donald parham under 3k looking like a potential free square 100 henry sideline what's your general strategy at tight end this week who do you find yourself just wanting to get the most exposure to
1: yeah i mean i i have a tough time like calling a tight end a free score ever just because it's such a, a high volatility position. I mean Parham had three targets last week. I know he played over 80% fair, fair. over 80% of the snaps. So I mean there, there's definitely a concern there. And we've talked about some of the other value guys. So I don't know if you have to go all the way down to Parham this week. Um probably the guy that you mentioned is, is Irv Smith for me. He's sub 4K there. Uh you don't have to go all the way down to get to guys like Lamar, Devontae Henry with value at some of the other spots that we already talked about. So Irv Smith really stands out there for me. I think Noah Fant, too. He's a little more expensive at 4,400, but we've seen him get 20 targets over the last two weeks. Uh, that game's actually kind of like one that's going to go overlooked as a shootout uh, just because I think people are going to be way more focused on these games with playoff implications. But that, that Raiders-Broncos game, both of those defenses have been struggling a bit lately.
0: No, I love that. One of my favorite stacks of this week is potentially Drew Locke, Jerry Judy, and Noah Fant. The season is in full swing and the action is still unfolding. So head over to DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. With so many storylines in both professional and collegiate sports, this is the time to check out all that DraftKings Sportsbook has to offer. If you haven't tried the app yet, head to the App Store now because you do not want to miss this, people. To celebrate Sunday's action, DraftKings is ensuring all new users are covered up to $100. That's right, you bet. They cover it risk-free. Sunday betting. Additionally, this weekend there is plenty of action to get on, so head to the app now to start making it rain. On top of those great sign-up offers, DraftKings offers great odds odds boost every Sunday to help you make it rain. DraftKings is safe, reliable, and secure, making it easy for you to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. So download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF when you sign up to get this can't-miss offer. Again, DraftKings Sportsbook is ensuring your Sunday bets up to $100. That's right. You bet and they cover up to $100 when you use promo code pff during sign up for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. So must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. Risk-free coverage paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. I understand people. Drew Locke, he has a wide range of outcomes. He, there's a good chance if you roster him, like you're just not going to even come close to the top. But you know what? That's fine. First or last in tournaments, baby. Just like Ricky Bobby said back. Yeah, in the Ricky day. Bobby, <laughs> you know, just got to go with that. And yeah, no offense, you know, he can be the legit number one guy in this offense during any given week. I mean, I know Locke has had back to back bad games, but even last week, I mean, a lot of that was drop-induced uh, things that we we tend to see be uh, pretty volatile week to week basis. You got Tim Patrick down there at 4K. You know, he can bring it back with Darren Waller, or Nelson Aguilar. Like that call, man. Broncos Raiders. That's like the uh, you know under maybe under the radar uh, a game that we can really attack. I know Titans Texans will probably be the chalk one uh, with mm-hmm. those guys but yeah man would you be down bringing that back with a uh, wall or and any uh, thoughts on the raiders guys while we're on it
1: yeah i mean that's actually like again it's it's one of the games that i just like a lot because it's the only there's five games with an over under of at least 50 it's the only one with a spread under five and a half uh, most of them are seven or more uh, so it's the one that is expected to stay close um, both of the running backs are in play there Again, I mean, I know you like Locke. There's so many quarterbacks, a lot of upside. I I don't know if I'm going to zero in on the quarterbacks. I mean, we've seen so many tournament lineups this year, not just use a stack, but use a second or even a third stack. So even if you don't want to roll out Drew Locke, I think having one of the Broncos we talked about bringing it back with Aguilar, who is top five in in uh, expected touchdowns over the past month. Um, including Tim Patrick, like doing a mini stack or running back with an opposing wide receiver. Uh, Aguilar, Waller, Tim Patrick, um, the guys you mentioned, I think they're all in play as mini stacks, even if you don't like the quarterbacks.
0: even uh melvin gordon or philip Lindsay, uh, we're expecting you know three down roll and he's sitting there around 57k yeah um i forget who it was i'll give a shout out later but like running back wide receiver same team stacks we're taking down like three or four straight million makers or something you don't necessarily need the quarterback to get good exposure to a high 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 flying game like this all right tj we've teased this a little bit now it's time i want a galaxy brain dart throw you know someone that people would mock you for hyping unless you started to stave it off with disclaimer that hey this is a galaxy brain dart throw i believe you this Embarrassment. TJ, give me your give me your best.
1: This is very, very mockable. Um, I'm gonna go with muhammad Sanu. Ooh! Well done. The, the, <laughs> the Vikings are probably gonna probably be one of the highest um, owned passing offenses of the week, maybe the highest owned offense across the board, besides the Titans. Uh, if people bring this game back, it's probably gonna be with Marvin Jones. He's top five in air yards over the past five weeks. The only other receiver on the team besides Marvin Jones is playing at least two thirds of the snap over the last month is Mohammed Sanu. TJ Hawkinson's in there too, but he's a tight end. Uh, so Sanu with the snaps opposite, a really popular offense, a bring back in Viking stacks. Uh, that is the most galaxy brain I could get on you
0: only 3k you know i even i saw danny avandola's name yesterday and i was just like no i never even thought of muhammad sanu i wrote an entire breakdown you can find on PF.com. not only did i not write his name down i didn't even once think of him while doing that i absolutely love it okay i got one for you we were uh okay yeah so here we go Colts are going to be putting up massive points against the Jaguars. We know this. How many will Jonathan Taylor account for? Because as we see, Naeem Hines, someone they give carries to, hey, two-minute situation, they start you know, throwing the ball a little more. Maybe he finds the end zone once while he's spelling Jonathan Taylor. Maybe he gets a pass to go in there. Maybe he even gets a punt return. Naeem Hines, Colts defense special teams. Ooh. Let's stack that against the Jaguars team that deserves zero respect. And maybe, just maybe, Jonathan Taylor doesn't go bonkers. Naeem Hines is the one that does. Wow. You approve, wow. TJ?
1: I, I like it a lot. I will say that um, I really like, this is kind of a tangent here. I really like the idea of playing um, early only and late only slates. I think I really, really like that play on a late only slate. Okay.
0: I like that. Yeah, I found I, you know, just every time I start a just full Sunday slate, I'm like, I'm, I'm not going to look at the, you know, I'm not, not going to look at the winnings, not going to look, you know, 3.30 rolls around. I look, I get my hopes up five o'clock, six o'clock, and they all go, I love early late only. Let's just get it out of the way.
1: Well, this week's a perfect week to do it because we have seven early, eight late. There's so much unknown. The slate is so massive that like the one little thing can can throw off your any week. One thing could throw off your whole week, but there's so much uh, that's that's unknown this week. And the slates are so big that it really plays like three separate full slates. And it kind of lets you, if you play early only and afternoon only kind of just lets you naturally hedge without forcing suboptimal lineup. So it's just, it's the perfect week to play multiple slates. And who said you have to play a contest where first place is a hundred thousand dollars. Like you can play smaller contests. That's okay.
0: It's legal. You can do that. <laughs> no problem. All right. Derek Henry needs 223 rushing yards to get to 2k. Is there any way we cannot get this guy in the cash game line? As you said before, you know, Walford pay up for Devontae and Derrick Henry, but I just feel like I'm mean, even fading in tournaments is scared and usual this week, facing a Texans team that he has just massacred over his past few meetings. Everybody's been running all over these guys. The only thing that I can even think of why this could not work out is because JJ Watt pretty much threw the entire team under the bus. So we got maybe like a motivation <laughs> factor coming. I don't know, man, big dog. He's the lock of the century in this spot. Yeah.
1: I, I only have one concern and let me actually get your opinion on this. How much do the Titans actually care about the division or like a a first round home game? Does it, they're like home field advantage doesn't exist. Right. So this year, like there's no fans in the stands. It's just been a super weird year. If they get the opportunity to rest players, because if Baltimore Miami loses then Tennessee's in the playoffs so is there any chance that if they see one of those teams lose, that they don't care about the division title?
0: I feel like they care about the division title. I feel like for someone like the Bills, where there's not a bye week attached, you're getting your home game regardless. I'm with you. Like I, I have not put hardly any stock in the home field advantage all year long, but I think getting that division title, I know what Josh Allen said, you know, great t-shirt, but we went the Super Bowl. I yeah. think that's still the overall mindset for all these teams. But to get the division title, I, I think they're gonna keep their fun, on the gas.
1: Okay, yeah, I mean, that that's the only thing I've been struggling with. This is the only game where a late game can be impacted by the early game, so I'm just kind of, like, wrestling with, like, are we overlooking the fact that they can go into this game uh, clinched uh, with a clinched playoff spot? Um, but, yeah, otherwise, I mean... This is the team with the highest implied point total um, on the slate. This is a, I mean, I know the question's about Derrick Henry, but this is a really good game just to stack from both sides. I like the Texans side of it as well. Um, but I, I think if they are keeping their foot on the gas, then it's get Derrick to 2K.
0: And I would just say, uh, you know, you brought us up before about the Vikings uh, pass catchers. To me, it's like the same situation. The Vikings are going to put up points on the Lions. The Titans are going to put up points on the Texans. So if you don't have the salary get up to Derrick Henry, or if you're just not eating the chocolate with Mike Boone, go to those pass catchers then. Because, yeah. again, I do not see any scenario where the Vikings or Titans, you know, they're scoring 15, 16 points. Some of these guys, A.J. Brown, Corey Davis, Jefferson, Thielen, they're going to be scoring, even if it's not the running backs, make sure you have exposure to these games. Points will be a flying. T.J., thoughts first of all thoughts on the number zero in football being swaggy you enter up
1: like um the like a like a even 70 or, or even 80 no, just, is that what you mean
0: i've just seen it in college football guys it's just zero.
1: Oh no 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 i'm not on it hate it no it's no, a no. basketball thing yeah yeah yeah. i don't like it i mean there's only there's only one zero in football and it's a double zero and it's jim auto
0: yes okay fair and I think personally, we need more receivers getting back into the 80s. I'm so proud of CeeDee Lamb, T. Higgins for doing so, Again, the Ocho and just, you know, the Cowboys 88 lineage there. And hey, both of these rooks find themselves in the loaded 5K to 55 range. Man, what a transition by me there. 5K, 55 range with Nelson Aguilar, Curtis Samuel, Marvin Jones, Mike Williams, also popping as viable guys. So in this range, and we talked about Mike Williams, potentially, I think he could even be a cash guy with, uh, you know, Herbert, but, you know, Aguilar, we talked about Curtis Samuel being cash guy too, but particularly in terms tournaments between Aguilar Samuel Marvin Mike the rookies anyone that pops out to you in particular in the strange
1: yeah I mean we we kind of touched on the one that I like the most here Nelson Aguilar Uh, I mean Denver's defense has been uh really good at defending wide receivers over the second half of the season but I mean the way to pop in tournaments is is with the deep ball uh the Raiders actually third in the league in the second half in air yards per pass attempt uh again a lot of that's been Aguilar he's uh averaged more air yards um per attempt than uh then five then um, sorry, he's fifth in air yards per target uh, over the second half of the season. I like him as a bring back with Tim Patrick. One that we didn't mention uh, in that grouping, Sterling Shepard at 5,200s, coming nice. off the 12 target game. 27% uh, percent target share over the last month. The Giants and the Cowboys both playing for a, a playoff spot against each other. If people are on this game, I think they're probably going to be on Amari or Gallup coming off of his big game. Um, I mean, Dallas is cornerbacks. They have two cornerbacks right in the bottom. Bottom 15 in fantasy points per uh, route. And then uh, their other cornerback, top 10 in target rate. So uh, lots of juice there for Sterling Shepard, who's been getting a ton of targets over the last month.
0: Love that, Colin. That's one of the injuries we got to keep in mind is Golden Tate with his calf, has not mm-hmm. practiced all week. Shepard's played three games without Tate this season, averaging 32 snaps in the slot per game, 22 or fewer reps from the inside in every other game. Before season, I haven't looked in 2020, specifically, but Stowing Shepard was one of the most slot sensitive players in the league, just in terms of he is so good inside. He can still do his thing outside, but again, not having Golden Tate there not only helps the target share, also just helps him getting inside, playing more comfortable from the friendly confines of the slot. Last question, TJ. Thank you for the time man, it's been fun but we got Jonathan Taylor you I know mean, I mentioned my galaxy brain thought about Naeem Hines maybe uh, getting going but come on Jonathan Taylor he's balling out now in a potential smash spot not a potential smash spot. this is a smash spot against the Jaguars you know Henry Taylor Brown cash game lineups I imagine those will be somewhat frequent but you know when I'm looking at this I just wonder like can we go down from Jonathan Taylor to you know Madison or Boone to spend up a wide receiver or do you think that like a cash game lineup without Jonathan Taylor is just a mistake
1: yeah, I mean, I'm I'm hitting just because of, of salary. I mean, Taylor is probably just easier to get in than Henry. I don't think you can – you definitely can't get away from both of them. I'm trying to get um, both of them in my lineups. Um, I mean, with Malcolm Brown, uh, assuming Cam Akers is out, I just don't think this is a week to get away from those – really smash spots or those guys with really defined roles um, going to backups or players where we don't know how their snap or touch shares going to shake out we've already discussed we have enough value at tight end we have enough value at quarterback plenty of value at wide receiver Uh if you're going to take the unknown uh might as well go with the high variance position I don't really see any reason like even if alexander madison is out we already talked about like there's we've seen them do enough weird stuff with amir abdullah um we know that they could throw it against this team so i i just don't know if i'm going to any of these kind of random running backs and cash games
0: even tournaments, man, that might just be the move too. Cause there is a way that all of these cheap running backs bust. It's not even that yeah. hard to imagine that happening. And to your point, we got value everywhere quarterback, wide receiver, tight end. You know, it's, they're nice. For, they're, they're not even free squares, but they're nice, cheaper options. But we got those cheaper options everywhere. Maybe just stay away from these cheaper running backs as a whole.
1: Yeah. There's, I mean, there's ways to be, unique in tournaments without, um, going all the way to this different price range. I mean, guys like Austin Eckler are going to be crazy underowned um, in, in potentially really good spots. Uh, I mean, Sh- Nick Chubb might go underrated, uh, guys like Kareem hunt on the Browns, uh, you know, guys that have defined roles are still going to be very low owned. So I don't think we just automatically have to go to these backups or these guys without clear roles this week, just because it's week 17 hundred percent
0: agree. TJ, man, that's going to do it. Good stuff. Everyone make sure you follow TJ on Twitter at TJ Hernandez. Again, he's the director of DFS at four four at four, for four football. And also make sure you check out the DFS MVP podcast. TJ, anything else you want to pimp out?
1: Man, everything uh, at four, 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 we're going through the playoffs. We got some, some big slates with, uh, with six games on wild card weekend so make sure you check that out um everything i do is at teacher hernandez are at four for four we're going through the playoffs with dfs our season isn't over yet man we still got a month left uh happy new year appreciate you having me
0: happy new year to you and all the listeners as well and that's right, football never stops particularly on this podcast and in our lovely lives so that's gonna do everybody thank you as always for tuning to the pff fantasy football podcast truly hope each and every one of you have a great new year's and we will be back next wednesday previewing the playoff slate we have made it the regular season just about Done. Don't get that money. Make sure you check out pff.com and 444.com four for, for all your DFS needs. So for TJ, I'm Ian. Take care, everybody.